Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus and time to air your fantasy grievances. Who let you down this week? This week I'm going a little petty just because um, it's more of a frustration of things that we're accustomed to. Austin Eckler, so right, he's he's ah. RB1, he's RB1 in half PPR points with 19.8 on the season. He scored a measly 9.8 this week. Um, you know, when you when you're accustomed to something and you count on someone getting like 20 something points for you every week, and then they drop a 9.8, it's a little frustrating. It hurts. So I'm a little annoyed at Mr. Eckler. Um, I don't think it was his fault per se. Um, it was game script and what was happening. But uh, yeah, that's 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 it for this week, Mr. Eckler. Those pesky chargers, they're just kind of letting us all down lately. But here's hoping they right the ship, and I'm uh, I'm with you. I've got a lot of Eckler, and I'm ready for him to continue his 20-point ways. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-host, Jen Akins, and returning to the show, Chris Allen. Chris, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. I uh, Like we were talking like before the show, or like through Slack throughout the weekend and whatnot, I'm just getting back from traveling. Went down to San Antonio to see my daughter graduate from basic training for the Air Force uh, last week, so I'm a little tired. I'm actually, so what, I got home on Sunday. And then hop back on a plane today, and I'm down in Maryland for for work. So I know just like hopping back and forth, like on on planes for the past like few days. But uh, happy to talk some ball and actually take my mind off of everything else that's going on. So I'm, uh, but yeah, happy to be here with you guys. I missed you guys last week. Jen, how are you doing? I'm good. We missed you too. Um, it's not the same, you know. Our little happy trio family uh, gets disrupted. Um, but we love Justin. We were glad he was here, but uh, we did miss you. Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm exhausted. Um, I had a little rough health situation last night. I, I as you guys know, I get chronic migraines, and yesterday was one of them. Um, till about three a.m. this morning, and then got up at five to do oh, no. to write some articles for four for four. So I'm tired, but I'm excited to be here and talk a little streaming. Brandon is back in his Tua jersey. Love it. Mm-hmm. Got to represent, you know. Got to represent. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I watched weird the Al Yankovic story last oh, night. Have you seen is this? That good? It's it's perfect. It's just okay. perfect. It's 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 light and delightful and and it's wonderful and and uh, it's worth it's watching. on my list. And it's All free right. on the Roku channel right now, so it's uh, oh, okay. it, it's it's perfect. I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, as a reminder, this is our weekly streaming episode where we'll be emphasizing hot pickups for the primary streaming positions. That's quarterback, tight end, kicker, and defense. Uh, let's check out how we did last week, uh, Chris. I took your uh article and did your quarterbacks last week jimmy garoppolo was our sleeper streamer of the week finished 19th daniel jones 14th and davis mills 20th honestly those are kind of streaming numbers you expect there i i think those are those are just fine uh tight ends we had justin come on he recommended greg dulcich uh his hair finished third but unfortunately he finished tied for 35th uh, but he also recommended cole Komet, who i can't believe the roster ship is down at 20 percent. but uh first Overall tight end last week for Cole Komet. Kate Otten was 18th, and Tanner Hudson, a deep, deep option, was 22nd. Uh, Jen, just crushing kickers. Uh, Robbie Gold, your kicker of the week, tied for kicker four. Jason Sanders, your your uh, second recommendation, tied for kicker six. Graham Gano and Cairo Santos, you both uh, tied for kicker 14. That's within striking distance. And unfortunately, Brett Maher let us down, tied for kicker 21. But outside of that, I'll take pretty... It. Pretty knockdown. Uh, defense streamers. Uh, I was high on Seattle, 19th. Uh, that's what I get for doubting Tom Brady. I should know better than that. 
Uh, Tennessee was third, though. I liked Tennessee as well. Um, Atlanta, 27th, about as bad as you could get. And I will say, y'all called me out for not picking the Giants last week. They did finish top 10, so uh, shame on me for not picking someone against Houston. This week's buys, Dolphins, Jaguars, Seahawks, and Buccaneers. So it's going to be very, very interesting at the wide receiver position this week, I think, for a lot of us. So without further ado, uh, our sleeper streamer of the week. Uh, let's start with that. He, that's our top quarterback option each week. Uh, Chris, who is your number one sleeper streamer quarterback for week 11? Yeah, so my top streamer of the week is going to be Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. Like the Giants that are doing really well like so far i mean think about this guys i mean we're going to be we're going to be watching daniel jones in the playoffs at this point Whew. i mean mo most likely i mean that's what's going to happen i mean they're going to win at least like what 10 games at this point so it's just it's wild to think about that but just look at how like daniel jones has been able to play like as a quarterback it's not just been uh the the passing portion of it. and i'll get to that in just a second but it's also been like the rushing component to his game like brian dayball I mean, that coaching staff has been able to whip up at least an efficient game plan like for Daniel Jones on a weekly basis. Like now it's mostly been on the back of Saquon Barkley and hopefully he can stay healthy for the remainder of the season. But really, like Daniel Jones has been able to be an efficient uh, fantasy quarterback when he's been efficient on the ground, which is I don't want to say it's like counterintuitive, but I think a lot of folks would associate, well, if he just runs more. Right. It almost like the same thing with Justin Fields, where if he has more either like if he scrambles more often or if he has more design rushing attempts, like then we'll see better production out of him. And that's not necessarily the case, or at least not with Daniel Jones, because he doesn't have the same athleticism as Justin Fields does. He can't take a 60 yard like, you know, uh, you know, 60 yard like rush like to the house or anything like that. He needs to be efficient on the ground. He needs to be capable of moving the ball or matriculate the ball down the field so that they can get the ball in scoring position. So. Actually, like over half of Daniel Jones' like good fantasy performances so far, let's say like 15 points or more, have come when he's at least had efficient days like on the ground. Could be small like on the yardage portion of it, but just in terms of expected points added or EPA per uh, per rush, he's had like better days, like these better fantasy performances during that. So if we're looking at like their upcoming opponents against the Lions, everybody knows you can score on the Lions, but they've also been able, they also allowed a number of like these promising or at least a uh, positive uh, rushing performances as well i mean they've been uh like top 10 in epa per play on offense like against and now they go up against the lions so i think with all that being said i mean the only quarterbacks to face the lions and not wind up in the top 12 uh with aaron Rodgers when he threw those three picks dak prescott when he was coming off injury and bailey zappy I mean, those are the only three quarterbacks like so far throughout the entire season. So with a 25, I think they're 25, like 25 and a half, 26 point total right now for the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones should definitely be the guy that you can pick up off your waiver wire and start like in week 11. I like it. You know, only two interceptions this year for Danny Dimes. That's pretty awesome to see that efficiency and calls back to the Brian Dable offensive scheme that you mentioned earlier, putting them in a position to succeed. Uh, don't forget, listeners, Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform with excellent custom settings for fantasy commissioners. I'm talking Dynasty, Redraft, IDP, you name it. Easily accessible, very mobile friendly. So go download the app and join or start a league today. Uh, Chris, uh, who thought Detroit Chicago would be such a fun game last week man that was that was that was a blast to watch 
I, I don't know. It's like I would say though, if we've been for folks that have been like watching the past couple of weeks, I think Chicago now with Justin Fields, like more design rushes. We're seeing like more, at least not necessarily explosives in the passing game, but like we've seen like the Cole Komet outbursts over the past couple of weeks. So we knew that Chicago's offense could at least be one that would be capable of you know scoring fantasy points like for us. But on the flip side, it's like you know, we've seen those number of games where like because of Detroit's defense not being let's I don't want to say like you know, poorly coached, but it's just, it's a work in progress. It's there, a work in progress. That's the better, that's the better <laughs> term for it. So when you've got those two things, right, you've got, uh, and also Detroit's offense now like pointing in the right direction with Amon Ross St. Brown getting back to his like typical workload. So if we have like all of those things kind of mixing together, at least it, it, it lent itself to being a, a, like a fancy point bonanza for, for lack of a better term. So it's like, I, I didn't expect it, but like I was kind of like looking at that game as one that was going to be like it would probably yield a number at like a, a ton of points for us. And that's what we got. Fun to watch. Fun to watch. Uh, Jen, I wanted to ask you, uh, this is I'm back to Danny Dimes here. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm off script. I'm going crazy. Jen, uh, Darius Slayton is showing up with some targets and some numbers and all that. I've been avoiding all the Giants receivers like the plague this year. Is Darius Slayton worth picking up? Are you eyeing him at all? You know, it's funny that you say that because uh, I just put in a waiver claim for him right before we started um, Same. in a league that I, I just kind of, you know, like you said earlier this week with buys, it's a struggle at wide receiver. Um, you know, do I necessarily full on believe in him? Not exactly, but, um, you know, the waiver wire is slim. And we have guys going down with injury. You know, Juju has a concussion. Cup is now out. You know, guys that people are coming to, you know, to, to lean on and, and start are now not uh, an option. So I feel like you can slide him in. And, and I don't know. I, it's weird, right? We're in week 11 and I'm still not, I'm still not buying in the Giants. I probably should, but I'm stubborn. And I just, in my mind, every time we sit here and talk about Daniel Jones, I picture him tripping on his feet and falling on the thing. And so I just can't like get past that. You know, I remember it's that. in my yeah. brain when people talk about him as a streaming option. Um, and to be fair, I also put in a waiver claim for him because I have Tua in like every league. And I, and I just realized today that, uh, not an option. So I have to grab a quarterback in, in pretty much every league I'm in. So I have a claim in for him as well. Um, so I can eat crow and I'm totally cool with it if he, uh, you know, if I get him and he's good. This nice, week. nice. I have a, I have a league that I like a lot with where I've, I'm, I'm waddle locket. Uh, Christian Kirk is my three receivers. I, I'm definitely going down uh, Ben Skoranek Boulevard this weekend. We're going to see <laughs> nice. what happens. Yeah. So, nice. uh, Jefferson Justice League, thanks for joining us. I hope that the Saints can, uh, can get Kamara working unfortunately there's not much in that i need to go to Jameis. like they it's do. time it's just mm -hmm. time we're done uh, with andy dalton like the era is done we need to go to Jameis and see what we can do i guess i i, I don't know i have some well i have concerns about kamara specifically but maybe it's just the thing it, it was just the thing when Jameis was in the lineup that uh kamara had like one of his worst target shares but there but on the flip side if Jameis is like if his aggressive tendencies come back He's starting to hit more of those downfield throws. They're the like the Saints can actually move the ball on offense. Then maybe they can move Kamara into the scoring position for him to score points. So it could be just like, you know, he might not have the same amount of targets, but if he has some more shots on goal, like some more, you know, some more rushing attempts or even targets put in the red zone, it could balance itself out. I don't know. I, I see both sides to keeping Dalton in just for Kamara's sake, though. 
Yeah, shots on goal. I like it. Bringing a hockey reference here. I'm, I'm a fan, Chris. I'm definitely a fan. Now, Chris, uh, I've I've thrown us completely off uh, off the rails here. I'm certain you have more quarterbacks for us. So let's uh, let's have me shut up and get you some more quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, against the Packers. We saw last week what at least uh, you know like highly efficient offenses or offenses that use like high play action rates uh, because that's what Dak Prescott did yesterday uh, on on Sunday in their overtime matchup against the Packers. Uh, I think what Dak Prescott 42% of his dropbacks like ran under play action and that's essentially what like the Titans have been doing like quite a bit throughout the entirety of the season. Not as high of a rate. I mean that has a fairly high like for even for a single game, but we know that Ryan Tannehill now back under center we do know that passing game is at least a bit more effective, especially now they've got Traylon Burks working his way back. And we saw like what that outburst like from Nick Westbrook Akine for over 100 yards this past week. So, I mean, if there's any way for like the uh, for the Titans to actually really like, perform well, and this is the Thursday night game, if I'm remembering correctly. So I do think that Ryan Taylor right now with Green Bay's defense, like still looking a bit shaky, at least their secondary for sure, uh, like Ryan Tannehill as either a passer like or a runner i mean we haven't seen it yet and i'm assuming because of the, him working his way back from the ankle injury uh we didn't ex- shouldn't have expected to see a ton from him this past week but after the short week haven't heard any setbacks or at least there were no in-game setbacks on sunday uh, at least we could see at least a little bit of you know scramble a few scrambles here and there for ryan Tannehill, and then also a couple of uh, at least one passing touchdown from him to be a deep streaming option for week 11. Excellent. Uh, are you buying Nick Westbrook Akine after that big game, Jen? Oh, left you on mute. I'm sorry. I call, I, see, sorry. I, I took you by surprise, Jen. I was bad. shifting. Um, <laughs> no, I think he's a he. I think he's a fool's gold candidate. I'm not. Okay. I'm not in on that. Excellent. No. And Tannehill does have Traylon Burks back too, which should help him uh, moving forward, which is nice. I, uh, I, as as much as I wanted the Malik Willis experiment to to work out, uh, it seems like maybe that needs to go back in the oven for a little while. I don't know. It's like I was kind of disappointed. Uh, I was disappointed in the sense that they weren't using the same concepts or like they weren't hitting some of those easy buttons that they they do seem to kind of like uh, integrate into the offense when Tannehill's under center. Didn't see a ton of like uh, didn't see a ton of like uh, like zone reads or anything like that for him to for, uh, for him to actually to use his legs, which was like his biggest asset to the team. Or at least I thought it would be, especially on short short notice. But then also didn't see a lot of RPOs. Didn't see a ton of uh, didn't see a, a ton of like play action as well, so it's just kind of like an odd approach. But I kind of understand given the circumstance that they had to throw him in there, like essentially on short notice. I kind of get it, but hopefully we'll see. Hopefully we'll see a bit more development for him over the offseason. Didn't our friend Derek Lyson say that over the offseason that uh, because the offense is built for Ryan Tannehill, if Malik Willis has to play, it's going to be trouble um, because they need. He he did kind of mention that that they're going to need to build an offense around Malik Willis, and it's not. There we go. That's we should definitely go back to that episode. Let's talk with Sal like after the and see if we can roll back the tape and see if there's a clip. There has to be a clip of Derek saying exactly that. I think so. I think he said something like that. Also, credit Sal for this another glorious picture of Ryan Tannehill that he's supposed to put up there. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that till right now. (laughs) Always with the best pictures. Uh, Bill Pizzoli wants to know if they should drop, uh, Isaiah likely for Foster Moreau. Um, I want to scream no from the rooftops, Jen. What do you think? I don't know about screaming no from the rooftops on this one. (laughs) Um, the problem is we don't know what's going on with Mark Andrews, right? They've been kind of hush hush. He, I mean, I would think he'd be fine after that buy. Maybe not. 
Um, Moreau is tough because in the past he's kind of not produced in that role. Waller's done. So, and Moreau, well, we'll get to that because he's actually one of my streamers that we're going to get to in a little bit. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't think he's one of those guys that you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get Gerald Everett production from Moreau, but I think he's, I think he, he'll be a decent fill in for the rest of the season. Uh, the, you know, the Raiders are tough. They're tough to count on. They, they obviously have not been playing well. Uh, but I think he, you know, with, with Hunter Renfro out, I think he's, you know, I think he has an opportunity there. Uh, there's not a lot after Devonte Adams. So uh, I, I, to me, I, it's not a no from the rooftops to me. It's a yeah. maybe wait and see what happens with Mark Andrews, but eh. Ooh, I think with nobody else to throw to in Baltimore, I I'm buying Isaiah likely as a fringe tight end one, the rest of the season, even with Mark Andrews fringe tight end one, even with fringe. Mark. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think, I think, I think you'll, you'll see lots of top 15 finishes for him. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I think Mark he's Andrews. fine in a pinch, but I don't know that I would use him as my tight end one, but if I guess if you think so, yeah, I'm sure. buying. I'm buying Isaiah Likely. So you can you can throw that back in my face along with all my other terrible takes in the last few weeks. <laughs> uh, Chris, our friend Will Terrell wants to know if um, if Traylon Burks will be effective with Ryan Tannehill. Are you bullish? Uh, more bullish on Traylon Burks coming off that injury? Uh, we saw him. He was, was shaking a little rust off last week, but he looks okay. What do you think? Yeah, I think even prior to the injury, we're starting to see at least some flashes. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go as far to say that he was going to even come close to replacing AJ Brown like in like in his rookie season. But at least from a target share perspective, at least from an air yards like standpoint as well, we were starting to see like that uh, opportunity start to tick up for him. So I'd say. Yeah, like might not be for this week, but over the next like few weeks as he works his way back into the offense. Sure, I'm buying it. Nice. I like that. Okay, Chris, you've got two more quarterbacks, and I keep derailing you. My mistake. Go ahead. No, that's no problem. Uh, so, Taylor Heineke uh, against the Texans. Hey, man, I, I don't know what to say about Taylor Heineke. I think he's, well, definitely after last night, he's probably finessed his way into at least a long career as a well-paid backup in the league. Uh, but every time that I think that uh, Heineke and the commanders in general are going into these matchups where there's no way they can perform, I, the term gamer just keeps coming to mind when i think about taylor heineke like because yeah. it's either like it's either the scrambling or it's the uh the, the tight window passes on third downs i mean they were if i'm remembering correctly if i'm remembering the stack correctly, they were 14 of 16 on third down like just uh like uh against the eagles i mean just drops in the bucket like to terry mclaurin along the sideline i mean they were really challenging them until of course you can see him start to feel himself especially on the uh, his first interception where it was just like he threw a floater out there and it was just like cjjg like which went up and just plucked it out of the air so it's just stuff like that where he does have to reel himself in but again this week playing against the texans i mean so far i mean the the uh houston their 29th and drop back success rate i mean they've pretty much given up let's see decent numbers to most of the quarterbacks that they've faced because their run defense has been fairly tough or not or fairly soft rather so while i'm not expecting whatever combination of antonio gibson or brian robinson to completely steal the show either way taylor heineke should be at least a, again a solid deep option like for week 11 i like it i like it it's been fun to watch the heineke show yeah i think again like while I don't think that he's ever going to be the, the have he doesn't have the requisite traits to really be a starter. I, again, he's shown I think he's shown the commanders that I mean they really should have just go ahead and gone ahead and stuck with them versus trading whatever capital they did to pick up Carson Wentz because it's just what what really like has uh, like Wentz added like to the uh, added to the team at this point. Like he hasn't really elevated any of the the players around him. 
I don't want to get into a little QB wins discussion, but I think just overall, like if you wanted to get through this season with, with by trying to evaluate what you had on, like what you currently have there on your personnel, like with your personnel and on the roster right now, I think Heineke would have allowed you to do that without really hamstringing yourself in terms of like what picks you might have available over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, um, it. I think that Carson Wentz trade is the worst trade I've seen since the last Carson Wentz trade. I, I really yeah, do think yeah. so. Yeah, so? I mean, I would say out of the, the some of the horrific things that I've heard, like from both Chris Ballard and Jim Ursay over the past like couple of weeks, in terms of like how they want to build the Colts franchise, I will give Chris Ballard <laughs> credit for fleecing the Commanders in terms of like, hey, just go ahead and take this guy that was terrible for us last year. Like, yeah, it's a pretty good job on his part. Absolutely. Danny, I'll get to your trade. I want Chris to tell me about Marcus Mariota first. Yeah, this is the last one. It's just worth mentioning. I mean, since the Bears, like, do it. No Robert Quinn, uh, no Roquan Smith. Uh, I mean, they've really been gashed, like, on the ground. I mean, this is exactly how the Falcons want to operate their offense. So, I mean, we didn't see, like, massive outbursts, like, from either, like, Miami, like, or Detroit on the ground because that was what – Miami pre-Jeff Wilson, and then Detroit without DeAndre Swift. So, I mean, but this is a team now that is built to run. I mean, we saw that just this past week. Like, even in the rain, down points, like to Carolina, they were still running the ball at a, just a ridiculous rate. We know how this is what Arthur Swift wants to do. So while, like, I'm more concerned about whether or not it's going to be, who is it, uh, wait, with Huntley or CPAT or Tyler Algier or like to Avery, like also getting involved. I think it was like a five-man committee like last week in terms of the, how many different people were uh, ball carriers for them. I mean, Marcus Mariota could wind up like getting in a short score. So he's, again, worth mentioning. I mean, he had still like 17 points last week. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. I I'm what I keep waiting for him to get benched, but they keep saying it's not going to happen. So I guess that's the way it goes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Jen, let's talk about Danny Morales's trade. Uh, wants to know if they should trade uh, Alvin Kamara and T Higgins for Debo Samuel and Tony Pollard. Your thoughts, Jen? My thoughts. Um, hmm. it's tough for me because that they all kind of have a risk associated. with Yeah. Them, right? I think I, mean, I probably like the Debo Pollard side, but you could you could talk me you could talk me into either side of that. I just uh I, yeah. I don't know. H Higgins is probably the player I want the most in the trade, so I don't know. Yeah, because both sides kind of have warts, right? I mean, Kamara's not getting the usage that we're used to. Uh Pollard is stuck with Jerry Jones not, you know, uh starting him. Um and Debo appears to be healthy now, which is good. He, you know, coming out of the bye, he seems to be all right. So I mean, I don't hate either side, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I am, too. It's, I, I would say whichever player is your favorite, Danny, take take that side of it. Because I, I think they're very fair trades and uh, both have some risk-reward potential there. So. And as we always say, it depends on the rest of your team, too, of what, of course. You know, what else you have and whatnot. Uh, of course. Um, so, Jen, let's uh, let's get into tight ends. Let's, Ooh, uh, let's do okay. your tight end streamers. All right. Um, first one on the docket is Foster Moreau, um, who uh, Brandon wants to scream from the rooftops to not pick up this week. Uh, no, no, I, I just like Isaiah Likely better. No, That's I it. know. I'm totally kidding. I, I'm kidding. Listen, <laughs> look, it is... Foster and I are tight. I don't want. I don't want anything to be done. I don't well, want. I don't want anything getting out there. Foster yeah. and I, we hang out uh, in my head, <laughs> and uh, you know, we've been good friends forever. You know, we we play pinochle together. That's what we oh, do. And wow. I just don't. Okay. I, I don't want anything going out there you know the foster moreau hate i don't want foster moreau twitter to come at me that's it 
learning so much about Brandon today. Um, I don't think a yes, the pinochle. I, I'm kind of that. That's a thing. Um, and then yeah, Foster Moreau. So yes, Foster Moreau is um, he's the number one guy for me. Uh, I will preface all of this by saying tight end is pretty gross this week. So it's not like I'm endorsing any of these guys to put up like 20 points this week because it's I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's pretty ugly, but these are the guys I came up with. So Foster Moreau is in Denver. Um, he is 17% rostered right now. He did score last week uh, with both Waller and Renfro uh, sidelined. You know, Denver has a great defense, but their one weakness is tight end. Um, they are 19th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed. They're allowing 10.1 half PPR points to the position. So he's out there. Um, you know, there should be opportunity for him. Uh, second guy on the list. Tyler Conklin, he burned a lot of people in week nine. Uh, he put up a huge fat stinker in week nine when everyone was excited about him. Um, but he does have a really good matchup this week. New England is 25th against tight ends. So, you know, once again, he's only 14% rostered. So uh, kind of hold your nose, pick him up, put him in kind of thing. Um, third guy on the list. Uh, oh, this one's this was the interesting one to me, Jen. Well, this I was the gonna, one I want to hear about. Yeah, you know, I don't love this at all. Once again, we're in a position of kind of next man up, right? Trey McBride, I mean, he doesn't really have a ton of, you know, goodness as far as track record goes. And he doesn't have a great matchup either. Um, San Francisco is, you know, I think fourth against tight ends. Um, but if you're desperate, Zach Ertz was getting a lot of volume and he is now gone. So it's one of those things. He's only 1% rostered. So this is like, if you're in a super deep league and it's a slim slim and he's there, just put him in and hope he, you know, falls into the end zone or if it's PP, <laughs> you know, if it's PPR, he gets a few receptions. I don't think he's going to put up, you know, 15 fantasy points for you, but you know, it, it, like I said, it's tough out there in the tight end streets. So I threw him in there as kind of a, you know, a deep league option because, you know, Ertz is out for the season. So he is the next man up there. Um, whether he does anything is yet to be seen. Uh, I threw in one more at the end. Um, uh, you know, we don't know yet if Daniel Bellinger is back. Um, I know he can be back this week. There, there was talk of him being back this week. So, if he's there, he's only 1% rostered. If not, Tanner Hudson is is 0% rostered. And they're playing Detroit, as you know, Chris was talking about earlier. Detroit is 31st uh, in the league against tight ends. It's a dart throw as well, you know. But the Giants are playing well offensively, and he's, you know, either of these guys are in the mix. So once again, <laughs> if you need them, they're pretty much on every roster and – you know, if if you had Goddard, if you have, you know, one of the other guys that's out this week, uh, if you had Ertz, you know, we all kind of have holes to fill. So or if you have pits and you just are tired of putting them out there and you want to just throw a fresh body. There you go. <laughs> Will Terrell, I've been watching your uh, Twitter uh, for a long time now and your hatred of Kyle Pitts. I, 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 I'm going to make a quick argument for Kyle Pitts. It's very quick. You have Fryermuth, and Fryermuth is the guy you're starting anyway. So if it's a stash guy, if you had to trot him out, I'd say go pick up Moreau. But if it's a stash guy that's not in your lineup, I'd hold on to Pitts just in case they go to Ritter and just in case that matters. I just... Mm. Uh, yeah that, that's my only argument. although i don't usually roster two tight ends anyway so not not yeah. a big deal either way 
Uh, and Jefferson Justice League track record of goodness. Jen is definitely the most hashtagable person at all. <laughs> uh, yes, that's definitely another one, and I love it very much. Jen, uh, tell me about the kickers this week. Is it a good week to stream kicker? It is not, uh, unfortunately. Uh-oh. No, I mean, I mean, I came up with some guys, but honestly, like a lot of the a lot of the highest scoring implied team totals, and a lot of the guys I want to go to are the high guys that are rostered, you know, your Butker, your Bass, your Tucker, you know, all those big games are those guys. And we're down to kind of scrubs um, between, between buys and, and guys that are, that are, you know, not, not streaming eligible. It's pretty ugly. And I don't say that very often for kicker. Cause I can always find them. Yeah. I found some, but it's, it's not pretty um, far and away. The best one. Um, I'm going back to the well again with Robbie gold. He's only 40% rostered still. I have a feeling that will not happen uh, after this week. He's coming off a kicker for performance of last week. You know, San Francisco seems to be healthy and 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 playing well after the bye. Uh, they are in Arizona this week. They're an eight-point favorite uh, with 25.75 team implied total. So he is far and away the best streaming option out there. Um, he is 40%, 47%. So, you know, it's hit or miss, obviously, close to 50% odds of whether he's in your league or not. But yeah, so he's my number one guy. Um, second guy is Greg Joseph. Um, also coming off a really good performance. Um, he's kind of been up and down all season. He's had some some bad games and some good games. I've noticed that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he was kicker five last week. Uh, so, you know, they are, um, at home in the dome, which is a good thing, right? Um, they are actually, the Vikings are underdogs at home against Dallas. Uh, they're one and a half point underdogs and a team implied total of 23. So, and he's only 17% rostered. So he's there. Like I said, he himself has been inconsistent. He's missed some stuff. And as a team, you know, they've been, you know, there's been, they've been efficient in the red zone and not. So yeah, basically some, some games there's opportunities for him and some games there's not, but in a tough week, he's an option. Um, and third guy this week is Brandon McManus. I mean, you've got kind of a an AFC West battle of two really bad underperforming teams this year. Yeah. You know, McManus always plays well at home at altitude. I mean, he's that that's usually a given, you know, peren- perennially. So, you know, they're uh, the Broncos are actually favored in this by two and a half points, uh, with a decent, I mean, 22 point team implied total. Nothing fantastic, but once again, if you're in a situation where you need a streamer, uh, I think he's your third best option there. And he's only 17% rostered as well. So there you go. There's three of them for you. Excellent. Excellent. Let's hit a couple of those tight end questions. We'll start with you, Jen. Uh, Anthony Car- Karalakis uh, asked if Trey McKitty versus Kansas City in a deep league uh, might be worth a gamble. I kind of liked Trey McKitty coming out of college. I like his athletic profile. I think he has the talent. You know where he went to school, right? I do. Okay. I do know where he went to school. I, yeah. it's I, I heard that that school, they're doing pretty good, right, Jen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Number one in the country. That's right. Uh, our resident, our resident dog here. Yeah. Um, do you like Trey McKitty against Kansas City if you're in a deep league, Jen? Sure. I mean, at this point, like I said, tight end is super gross. So it's, they're all dart throws. Uh, he's, he's no worse than anyone I just mentioned. It's, it's all kind of the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, you know, with Everett's had a good year, I mean, they're utilizing the tight end position. So why not? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, ex- I'm interested in McK- McKitty is a guy 
Uh, he and a, another guy named Kenny Yibawai, who's been uh, off and on uh, the Jets practice squad for the last couple of years. Those guys, super athletic, very raw coming into the league. It's fun to see them get opportunities, and we'll see if McKitty can capitalize. Uh, I'm going to talk defense. It's an okay week to stream defense, special teams. I'm not going to say it's a great week, but it's not a bad week. Uh, the number one option I have for you is the Jets. They're at the New England Patriots, uh, 21% rostered right now. Uh, the Jets are tied for third in the league with 11 interceptions. They have a plus one turnover differential. Uh, you want to look at the other side of the coin. New England is tied for second in the league in interceptions thrown. Uh, I think that Mac Jones might come out, might struggle. That's a pretty strong front seven for the Jets. And then they have a ball hawking opportunistic secondary led by uh, everybody's favorite rookie corner, Sauce Gardner. Uh, also, the Jets, they're fairly healthy. Uh, this could be a low scoring affair. Uh, I think that these two offenses may struggle. These two are both really good defenses. I would like the Patriots defense in this as well, but they're way, way rostered. I think they're the top defense of the league this year in fantasy. So I like both sides of that coin. Uh, big step down to Washington, but I still like Washington at Houston. Uh, shame on me for not going with the Giants against Houston last week. Uh, Washington just held Philly to 21 points. They're playing athletic. Their linebackers have kind of had a jumble, but Jamin Davis is kind of showing the things that we expected from him after being a first round pick a year ago. Uh, he's come out and he's they're, they're letting him freelance a little bit. They're letting him call plays. He's making those splash plays. Uh, Davis Mills has thrown nine picks this year. Washington allowing just 17 points per game during this four and one stretch that they're on right now. And you look at them the last four weeks, they've been the defense seven in each of the past four weeks. So it's excellent. It's, it, it's a nice uh, emerging defense that's showing the talent that we've seen on that defense for the past two years and starting to actually play well under Ron Rivera. So I like Washington against Houston as well. Uh, and then if you're if you're scraping a little bit, and this this one I'm not I'm not as excited about these other two, but if you need to go, uh, the Bengals against Pittsburgh is kind of interesting. Kenny Pickett's thrown eight picks, and he hasn't played as many games as Davis Mills and the New England Patriots team, so eight picks already. Steelers haven't scored more than 23 points in a game this year. Only Denver has scored fewer points than the, than the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Bengals are getting healthier on defense, not on offense, but on defense. So uh, DJ Reader, Brandon Wilson may be back this week. That should help the uh, help the defensive side of the side of the board, especially DJ Reader up front. Uh, that'll help stuff the run and force Kenny Pickett to throw. So I think turnovers and sacks may be very, very possible in this uh, in this matchup. And then uh, if you're absolutely positively desperate, I don't like the Bears defense at all. But, you know, the last two weeks, they were the defense uh, four and the defense. Oh, I'm sorry. The last two weeks against the Falcons. Carolina was the defense four and the Chargers were the defense 12. Carolina and the Chargers aren't good defenses. So uh, Bears, maybe, maybe they have nine interceptions this year. Mariota looks kind of terrible. Um, I, you know, Falcons been under 20 points in three of the last five games. If you squint and you kind of, you know, hold your nose a little bit, maybe the Bears have a halfway decent uh, fantasy defensive game for us. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Chris, uh, this Bengals defense, it's been really hit or miss this season. Uh, do you think as they get a little healthier, do you think they're going to round into form as our resident Bengals fan? I think so. I, I do have some, uh, I do have, I put my faith in Lou 
I can never pronounce his last name correctly, Anumaruno, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but I do have some faith in the defensive coordinator and just the fact that like, I know we don't have a, a Wuzier, and I know that without uh, the interior uh, interior defensive linemen, like also like being banged up as well, like the run defense has been something of a problem. But I do think now like they've uh, tried to bring in like so Dax Hill, like the rookie, they had him like move out to the um, to play like a perimeter corner. Uh, to help out with Wuzi being out, like, uh, and so like they're trying to like at least try some new uh, coverage schemes in order to kind of like boost the defense as well. So I do think there's a chance they can uh, they can actually get things back on track, and especially against the Steelers and the way that they're. I mean, like like you just mentioned with Kenny Pickett like being somewhat erratic like so far. I think this week they should be able to get by. But man, like if they really want to have a shot in making another deep playoff run this year, like there has to be. There has to be a bit more from the defense in order to really help them out, especially with Jamar Chase like still in crutches as of this week. Last I saw, yeah, I want to see the that opportunistic play that they uh, that they did so much of last year. I hope Logan Wilson can get right because he seems like he's been, uh, you know, he's not on the injury report, but he doesn't seem like himself to me. Logan Wilson, I agree. So I'm, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm hoping I'm hoping he gets right. Uh, Jen Jelly of the month wants to know if they should uh, stick with Tyler Bass this, this week, despite the, the bad weather potential or stream. That's a Chris question. Um, is this, what, what, I mean, are we really like, what's the snowmageddon situation? Is it going to be a lot of snow? Cause I really I looked at that. So like I saw, so uh, for folks that don't know, like behind the curtain. So I saw like our own Connor Allen, like post about that in Slack earlier. So I took a look at the weather forecast for what's going on in Buffalo. Well, like Orchard Park, like specifically for this week. Not really seeing like anything to be like super concerned of, at least for the kicking game. Now it's going to be cold as all get out. Uh, from uh, last I saw, it was supposed to be like 15, 16 degrees, like the uh, during the game itself. But I didn't see any snow, like no snowfall during the game. Like there will be snowfall the morning of, but nothing during the game itself. So if it's just going to be cold, and I saw like 17, 18 mile per hour winds or something like that, I still think Tyler Bass should be okay, like for the matchup. But if it gets worse. Of course, make some adjustments. As of right now, I think Tyler Bass should be fine. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in like, I mean, if it's legit dumping like a full scale snow game, then they probably won't even kick. I, I would think. Um, yeah. But if if you like it, like just cold, then yeah. I mean, I have yeah. Bass as well, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on it though. I'd I'd be more concerned if the forecast was saying like. Yeah, it's going to be just like massive snowfall throughout the game or something like that. But I mean, again, we're five days out. Mm -hmm. So I, let's let's talk more about it on like Thursday or Friday. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Duong, I, I do. I do like the Saints against the Rams. I think the Rams without Cup, uh, even with Stafford uh, without Cup, but without without Cup, without Stafford, definitely uh, look at those Saints. They're rostered in too many leagues for me to have included them this week, but they're a good solid defense uh, most weeks, uh, uh, honestly, but especially in that specific uh, matchup. I like that a lot. Uh, Darius uh, wants to know if they should trade Jalen Waddle, AJ Brown, or DeAndre Hopkins for Travis Etienne. Uh, one of those, any of those, what do you think? Let's start with you, Jen. Well, as we talked about before on this podcast, I think all of us, or at least I know are I'm not big fans of one for one trades. Um, I think, you know, like we always say, depends on the rest of your roster, depends on your other running back. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, ETN is playing well. So if you absolutely need the running back help and you have depth at uh wide receiver, then yeah, I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably trade Hopkins if it were me. 
um, out of those three, except for, and I know someone mentioned, I saw in the uh, chat down there, if we had seen uh, AJ Brown hobbling on the side and I did see that, but they didn't really address that. So I'm not sure he definitely grabbed something. It looked like, I'm not sure if it was a foot. I, I can't remember exactly. Um, but I do remember seeing it. So, but I haven't heard anything today, so I don't know. Yeah, and he was uh, talking to the media after the game, so I'd assume he's okay, but yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, we'll have to definitely watch for that. I'm okay with any one of those guys. If you can handle having both Waddle and ETN on by, then I'd probably go with AJ Brown. If um if that would be a problem for you, I'd trade Waddle. That that would probably be me. But I'm okay with Hopkins too. I think I think it's a fair trade all around uh in general. Uh Daniel, I, I would put the Saints. Uh, just a little higher than the Jets rest of season. Uh, but either way, I, I'm good. Both of those are solid. And um, oh, you didn't ask rest of season. I'm sorry. So uh, I'd put the Saints just below the Jets this week and above the Commanders. That's where I would put the Saints uh, defensively. Uh, so uh, let's call it for today. I want to remind everybody that's listening. Uh, we're hosting a trade special show tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be here joined by very smart people, uh, Ryan McDowell of Dynasty League Football to answer Dynasty questions, and Pat Fitzmaurice of Fantasy Pros to answer redraft trade questions. Uh, bring all your trade questions. You can tweet them at me. You can come here. Join us in the chat. That's all we'll be doing is answering trade questions. And if you don't come, I won't have any, then I'll just have to ramble and nobody wants to hear that. So uh, absolutely join you can play us. Play Pinochle with yourself. <laughs> there you go. I'll just, I'll come, That's I'll, not a euphemism. Look, I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it is. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Hashtag history of goodness there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll call my buddy Foster. We'll play some Peanut a little work out really well. That's yeah. what we'll do. Okay. All right. So, uh, <laughs> let's, let's call it for this evening. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Chris and Jen. Always a pleasure. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL, at Chris Allen FFWX, and at you guys, Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have a good day.